0: Here we go. Podcast 55. If you get a chance, listen to 54, which is the discussion about the transfer portal and um, which is just a quick 30 minutes. And if you need to listen to it again, please do. And if you have questions, um, you could probably put them on the bottom of uh, the YouTube uh, video and I can answer them if you need them. Uh, Or you can get me on. Um, Twitter, and I'll try to answer whatever. But most of the parents, if they know me, they usually call me or text me. Okay, latest news, March 27th, Saturday, and a lot of women's games are going on right now. Uh, Biggest issue, and this is going to be a short one because there's interesting stuff, but it's all starting to roll one into the other. The big one, Uh, Rutgers University has mandated all students must be vaccinated before they return to school in the fall for 2021-22. That means in July, August, even September, the schools are going to have to have their entire protocol for make sure that every student that's coming on campus has been vaccinated. And guess who's the first ones to go into that ecosystem? The university athletes, because they're the ones who are coming on school onto campus in the fall before the normal students. And, yeah, those coaches are going to have to have a whole system ready for that, and they're going to be talking about going out in July. It's going to be very challenging. And if you remember, this must have been months ago that I mentioned that this was going to be an eventuality. Well, with uh, the Ivy Leagues being the first to say they weren't going to play in the fall, this is now where – Universities are now starting to say, hey, if you want to come on campus, you have to have a vaccine. Let's get to the rest of this because it's March Madness time up for the men, but not for the women. March Madness for the men, but not for the women. The NCAA has chosen not to utilize March Madness branding and associate with the women's basketball tournament, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, they said the, the women's request for use of March Madness was rebuffed by the NCAA leadership. The NCAA has since released a comment that will work with the membership and media partners to determine the best way forward for women's basketball, including the use of March Madness logos in the future. Oh, yeah. Sedona Prince from Cy Fair put out a big hull. She's at Oregon Oregon, and she said, hey, look at the weight room. We all know about that. And it's kind of funny that um, I was surprised more professional players and Uh, college athletes didn't jump on that bandwagon to 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 exclaim about the inequality I know and people know that I've been very adamant about the treatment uh uh, unequal treatment of girls uh, girls basketball girls travel programs compared to boys and boys travel programs and I took a lot of heat for that and um because it's a true thing and the leadership at the NCAA um And Holtzman took a lot of heat. She basically stood up and took a lot of bullets. And if you don't believe me, this is a conversation that I know I've had with Debbie Antonelli over the last four to five years about the women's tournament and what's the right structure. And it's kind of funny, but Debbie Antonelli's idea of having it in one city is exactly what's happening this year. So how can can the men or the women reverse that next year and take away the different regional sites. So the idea would take, to create the regional sites into a final eight or final 16. Let them play through the 16 and take, you know, into the mile again. I think a final eight would be good at a major city. I think 16 would drag it out too long. But again, you know, I know Debbie Antonelli's put her, her skin in the game and her voice to that over the coming years. And she's taking heat for it too because... It's up the men's apple cart, and now you understand why she was there. And I'm going to talk about another uh, great person from North Carolina in a second. Um, that became a big issue. The, uh, and after that, the NCA announced an independent equity review for all championships in its effort to support gender equity in, in sports. And they are evaluating the current and previous resource allocation to each championship. Furthermore, they are examining all championships in all three divisions to identify any other gaps that need to be addressed, both quantitatively and qualitatively, to achieve gender equity. Hello, this is the NCAA denying their own bylaws, which I think, if you read, go into the go to go to Google, look up NCAA Division One Manual 2021, or even 2020. Bring it up; it's a PDF. Download it. Go down into the first section. You will see their bylaws. It says about gender equity. They're committed to gender equity. It's a lie. This is it. Even in the summer calendar observation rules over the years as to, like, being able to manipulate the calendar for colleges and shoe company people, etc. cetera. Well, guess what? That's been inequality for men and women, too. So, and the men want this and the women choose that. Where's gender equity for the high school student-athlete who's being put under that gun and they have no jurisdiction under that high school student-athlete in their bylaws? Find there's 1,833 references for high school or prep school in the NSA manual and they don't have any guidance over them. So let's go back to this. So they're talking about that and they've hired a law firm. Uh, they retained Kaplan, Heckler, and Fink to value the gender equity practices and provide recommendations for improvement. It's going to mean spending money. And that means where it's going to come from. And then you know, he's like talking about, oh, well, many of the operational issues identified have been resolved. we must continue to make sure we are doing all we can spend, we can do to support gender equity in sports. Lie, 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 because they've been doing this for the last 15, 20 years. And now you can get into the divergence of women and men, and an AIW, WBCA, uh, NCAA, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all, those are all wonky, deep-dive discussions, and I'm familiar with them all because I know when they all started and were created. I've been doing this that long. Um, as I made it clear that Kaplan, Heckler, and the staff supporting them will have direct access to the Board of Governors to send, to discuss any issues that may arise during their work. Yeah. Review. Yeah, hello. Uh, they're expected that by late April. Make sure it's all away. NCAA gets in the way of equitability tournaments. Uh, this is another story. Uh, the two committees don't communicate, men's and women's basketball. is next one possible the way the NCAA currently operates. There are two committees that don't communicate. They never meet. There's no joint planning. The women's budget, staff, and other resources aren't in the same stratosphere as the men's. So that's – so how – would the men's and women's championship even offer an athlete a similar experience? Bingo. That's the reaction of longtime ACC administrator Norlin Finch to the uproar over uh, second fiddle conditions at the women's basketball uh, championship uh, in San Antonio. Finch, a women's basketball hall of famer who retired last year, has been fighting against inequities in, women's, in the NSA for the last 40 years. Hello, Norlin Finch, superstar, rock star. She was Kay Yao's uh, alpha dog recruiter. Loved her, high energy, great. Uh, her, you know, Kay Yao and Narlin Lin were like iconic. Um, I met them both many times. You know, fan of both. Um, you know, Kay passed, uh, and she has her foundation, which which I support, and and wholeheartedly tell everybody to get behind. Nara Lynn, you know, be, be went in, out of college coaching, into administration, and she's been a powerful voice because she's been here from the AIW days before the NCAA. And when the NCAA took it over, my, which people aren't talking about, all the women administrators who were professors or teachers stepped back into their teaching and professors' jobs because a lot of those administrative jobs weren't full-time. So they're not giving up their tenure to take an administrative job. So those later on in the NCAA model Oh, you can be an SWA or you can be a compliance officer. Well, they're not going to jeopardize their job by saying, hey, you know, the women aren't being treated right. The women aren't being treated right because the AD could fire you tomorrow. Well, Nora Lynn's got enough of a track record that she lasted 40 years at NC State. And that's where Kay was. They were both were. And guess what? She's been fighting for it. And she's a true heroine for this. And how do I? And guess what? What's her connection? Debbie Antonelli? And Kay, I mean, Kay Yao and Narlene Finch, they're all connected. They all know it. They all know what's going down. They've been fighting this for. So have I. But you know what? You know, uh, nobody wants to hear it. Uh, these conversations have been going on forever. She uh, she said, uh, Drew Hancock has spent the last 25 years ever seen the Big 12 women's basketball and previously served on the committee said this is about an independent review. They already know. They already knew all this. I mean, that's what it is. So, with all that inequity, here we come with some more. More lawsuits come as college, colleges continue to cut sports under financial pressure. This is why you see so many athletic directors giving up their jobs. They don't want any parts of this, and they can retire with their pension and budget, or with their pension not being affected because it's what you got paid. So, if they make cuts or, or whatever... It ain't affecting their pensions. They're taking their money and running because they're in that university systems and they're very lucrative. So, uh, a collegiate swimmer at Iowa in a class action lawsuit, often's uh, line, tough word, and other Iowa athletes accuse the school of failing to provide enough opportunities for female athletes as the law requires. Uh, the Iowa case is one of several high-profile Lawsuits in the wake of cuts to college sports programs across the country, many supposedly fueled by the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, that's where a lot of corporations have made their headcount cuts because of coronavirus. Well, they're making budget cuts in sports because there's no money for salaries, travel, transportation. And uh, last week, student-athletes at Clemson University threatened two separate suits over cuts to both men's and women's teams. Uh, Dartmouth, Brown, William & Mary, uh, Santa Clara talked about dropping it. Uh, another Mac school in Ohio talked about getting rid of sports. A lot of people are going to have a come-to-reality meeting in the next two to three months and decide are they going to continue with sports as they are, especially what happens to the NIL case, and that is important. And so you're basically going to have student-athletes of women Fighting for gender equity, when it's really the black athletes in football and basketball who are paying the bills for all these uh, institutions to put out million-dollar buildings, pay million-dollar salaries, and give out uh, scholarships to all these players that they have no relationships or fam or relationships with those families. Now, is that what's the social justice of that? That's for everybody to figure out i i all i know is that it's it's gonna be a really tough situation because the u s uh attorney general is going to have a woman um discussing the n i l case before the supreme court uh on behalf of the uh of the whole you know n c a versus austin and the justice department's going to have something to say well, the problem is that if you keep sports within the realm of collegiate sports as it is Gender equity will rule because that's a federal law. This is why so many schools are private and you can't get their, you know, their finances or what they pay people because that information is private. So all you have to do is, as I suggested in 2012, create private nonprofit organizations or something to that effect. Move the athletic departments there. Let all the collegiate sports go to club, and thank you very much. And everybody's happy. But those Olympic sports are going to have a problem because even the USOC uh, is now trying to figure out how they're going to get that done and look for an entire revamp of uh, sports in America in the coming year. And it's kind of funny that uh, one of the biggest thinkers of sports and probably the most, one of the biggest um, um, knowledgeable, uh, even from a global scale, George Raveling, who's retired, Um, and his former college coach, shoe company executive at Nike, uh, is quite, quite aware of all these things and him and other, uh, I wouldn't say power brokers, but I would say thought leaders should be in a room trying to figure this out. And you can't have college administrators or coaches because they all have a, a a narrow vested interest in what they're trying to do. So what's the best interest for sports in America in the future? That's what's coming. Okay. Uh, 11 states yet to move on NIL. A couple of them have over the last couple of days. Just over two years since California State Senator Nancy Skinner introduced State Bill 206, the nation's first law addressing the publicity rights of college athletes. Um, The strong majority of of the country's legislators have jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, There's at least 16 or 17 states that still have to go. But that's coming up, and that's why I say it's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, according to Julie Sommer, a lawyer who tracks the issue as a board member for the Drake Group, a college sports reform organization, um, five other states have joined California in passing laws in 17 states have introduced new legislation this year. I think it's even more than that. So uh, I think those things are, are interesting. Um, probably to, let's get on to one other thing before we get out of this. This is a quick one. NFTs, if you're not aware, it's called non-fungible tokens. Those are pretty big deals. Um, And if you don't understand that, uh, every parent and every person should have a Robinhood account or something. They should be investing in your in your future now and pick things that you can live long term with. You just buy like a percentage of a stock just to be in the game to know that your money's working and, and that that is where the haves and have-nots get separated. Information about money, and so when everybody's out there talking about social inequity, I mean the biggest inequity is information to how to how to manage money. So NFTs, non-fungible tokens. You'll see Gronk out there. He raised seventy-five million dollars just on his own virtual trading card. Uh, somebody bought a Pringles can uh, for I think it was two bucks and sold it for fifteen hundred. Yeah, this is this might be another, I don't know, flash in the pan, but it is going to be serious because eventually seeding is not going to be seeding. It's going to be a non-fungible token, seating ticket token that you own that you'll be able to sell. And here's the reason why. I sell that. Somebody who's a par that gets a piece of it later on. That's why you have StubHub and all these people in the NFL and the NBA trying to push all their – tickets into not paper but to virtual so they can get a piece of the resale that's what the whole markets about but you'll be you know if you're smart and you watch this stuff it'll be coming I'm giving you information people usually don't get Um, we're coming up on the next weekend is Easter holiday weekend I expect a lot of discussions are coming that April 15th window about what July looks like Uh, there's word on the street that uh, the men are going to go all July Uh, I know some women tried to push, oh, we want the old dates back, but a couple extra days. If you don't have the entire month open, you are basically, I mean, I'd like to see where that sits from a gender equity standpoint and from a legal standpoint, because institutions have the right for 90 days to do anything they want. So they're going to take 14 for women's basketball, especially when section 1318, try to please go find that. When you download that NCA manual, go find, if you do, somebody can tell me. I'm going to try it again. Section 1318. That's only for basketball. And why not any other sport? Because they had to hide it. And you say, oh, maybe you didn't see it. Well, maybe I didn't. I'll go look again. Um, And we're going to look at the summer calendar and what that's going to look like. There's a whole bunch of things. But where you play, how you play in the past was an issue. It's about getting film and getting good film. If you're on a top team and you're on the bench, you know, you just, you, your team already made a statement. You're not good enough. So how's a college going to get you if you're not good enough? Or what are you going to do? Tell the schools recruiting you, well, my coach is an idiot. They don't start me. And the coach who's sitting there saying, yeah, yeah, I agree. But no, they're telling their staff, wait a minute. I thought we were recruiting this kid. She can't even start for this team. Unless they're really good and they can't get those players and then they're like the next level down or it's like, hey, we'll take her anyway. That's the game of recruiting and evaluation that's going on right now over video and they want to get out there in person. But again, that's going to be a budget COVID issue. And last statement, everybody's going to be wearing a mask this summer at walks in the building. Trust me on that one. Everybody will have to wear a mask because a lot of event operators will be told, hey, you can run your event. And the state could say you don't have to wear a mask. You're going to wear a mask inside a building. And why not? And if you can get into a building and sit next to somebody and you got a mask, hey, half the battle solved, especially if you got the vaccine. So uh, everybody have a good rest of the weekend. Thank you for coming to this. And hopefully by maybe next week we'll have Podcast 56 ready to roll. You can watch us on uh, YouTube. It's a podcast on Apple uh, Podcast or Spotify under Blue Star Media, Blue Star, one word, media, second word. And all the podcasts are up there. And YouTube, you can watch us if you want. And please make sure you forward it to people who need to know these things, especially Podcast 54, which is about the portal. And if you missed that, go back and watch that and make sure people get that because... Those are the big decisions being made right now. Again, thank you. And um, got this one done fast, too. Have a good weekend.